0: This is Jalen for Dobbs, where tire buying is easy. At GoToDobbs.com, shop brands, sizes, pricing, and our amazing deals. With 40-plus locations, get same-day install.
1: For tires, it's Dobbs. For deals you can use, click on GoToDobbs.com now.
0: News, notes, and nuggets. It's time for the Rutherford Report with our
2: Blues insider, Jeremy Rutherford. Brought to you by Scott Lee Heating Company, a proud
0: Mitsubishi Electric Elite Contractor. It's Fast line on 101 ESPN with Jamie Rivers. I'm Anthony Stalter. Let's head to our 101 ESPN Celebrity Line. We're joined by our guy, Jeremy Rutherford from The Athletic. JR, how are you? Doing great, Anthony. Thanks. Hope you guys are doing well. Uh, same to you there, JR. Um, last night, when we opened up the show, Jamie said, yeah, the offense, I think, was more of the issue last night in the 3-1 loss to the Wilds. If I were to say to you, the biggest issue in last night's loss was, how would you complete that sentence?
1: Yeah, I would say the power play. And, you know, he's not wrong, obviously, with the uh, offense. Uh, but that that kind of ties in with the power play, and we've seen it all year. But, you know, to me, it's just another one of how many games that, you know, a power, just one power play goal could have got you a point out of that game. And, and so to have that double minor, seven minutes left to go in the game, you know, we've seen some good power plays over the year. They're going to put one of those in. And, and if not two, like Craig Ruby said afterwards, and you get a point at least out of that game. So that's the toughest part, I think, for fans to swallow.
2: Yeah, I mean – Jerry, you know, in talking to Craig Berube as much as as you do, you know, what is Chief consistently saying about this power play?
1: I think it's uh, more shots on net, And I think that to be quicker with the passing, to be one step ahead, and the good power plays we've seen in St. Louis, I think that's been there. Um, You know, it's been there throughout, you know, just to to name one guy, Tori Krug, his career in Boston, and then when he came here, Uh, You know, you had the one-timer from David Perron a couple years ago where everything was kind of quick twitch, and I don't think you see that. I think everything's deliberate. The fans watching from home on TV can probably tell you where the puck is going to go, and then when it does get there, it's, it's just too slow. This is too easy right now for the PKs.
0: Uh, JR, I know that you were listening earlier today when we were discussing the Blues and you know the whether or not they're compelling, the investment, all that. Uh, one thing that Jamie kept going back to was the expectations. What were your expectations? How would you how would you properly evaluate this team at this point?
1: Well, I would agree with uh, Riv there, and obviously we've had those conversations before. Uh, you know, just a little context here: being the beat writer, 20, nineteen years. Uh, you know, been there in the lean years, been there for a Stanley Cup, and I get it. I get the emotion. I get uh, the interest, and, you know, a lot of times I'll get messages from people that talk about how much they pay for, for tickets, and look, I get a press path. I don't have to think about whether I'm putting money into this franchise or not, and whether they're giving me for the bang for the buck with their effort and the wins that, that they get out of it. But the one thing I'll say is I try to be a realist, and there's been years where this team is supposed to be really, really good. And when they're not, you hold them accountable, and you mention the reasons why they're not. I went into this season knowing that this is a retool, and I think that that's where my curve is on grading them. And now, the way I look at it, guys, you got three sets of fans. you got the fans who, you know, their, their grandpa right before he passed away got to see the Stanley Cup, and everybody was crying and they're never, ever going to forget that, and they're going to stand by the Blues through thick and thin. Then you have you know some middle fans where uh, they see that it's a retool, and they're going to give the Blues the benefit of the doubt and hope that they're going to be pretty good in a couple years. And then i got to be honest with you, I mean, it's part of the job. I get it, but I go into every single Blues game now knowing that if something goes wrong, there's going to be fans on social media that are going to grade this team like it's supposed to win the Stanley Cup. You know, I'll wrap up by saying this. I think that you can have it both ways where you're patient and understand that it's a retool and some of these guys are going to be growing and it's going to take some time till they get more talent on this team. And at the same time, you can be disappointed in those top guys making the big bucks that aren't performing well and think, okay, this is the future. I'm not so sold on this. So I, I, that's the way I do it anyway. I can sit down and watch the game and say, okay, Jake Neighbors is coming along. I'm going to be patient. He's going to be a good player. And Jordan Kyru, where's the goal scoring? And power play, where's the goals? I I think that's the way I look at it.
2: Yeah, and I'm going to ask you to elaborate on that in just a second. But to your point, JR, like, uh, the fan base here can't be angry when the general manager, president of hockey operations, basically told them exactly kind of the way this was going to go down and what it was going to look like for the foreseeable future and then expect something different. And then to your Point about Jordan Cairo, you know, he obviously was a big piece of the pie here when you gave him the eight times eight contract, and he just hasn't had the production as of yet. I won't say the success because he's had a ton of opportunities. He just hasn't had the production. When you're watching Jordan Cairo, how do you think he can change that around?
1: Well, okay, so I'll get to Cairo in a second. Yeah, when I look at this team, and especially Riv, like I was kind of touching on a second ago there. You know, people say, well, why didn't Doug Armstrong do more in the offseason to make this team better? Well, that wasn't the game plan. Could he have traded the numbers? Yeah, (laughs) yeah, he tried to trade Tory Krug to Philadelphia. Uh, That didn't work out. But also, he could have traded one or more of those first round picks, or he could have traded, you know, he could have traded uh, Jordan Kyru or whoever. I'm just naming him. Somebody on this roster to try to do something for this team but that's not the business he's in right now with where this team's at he's in a situation where hey let the Dvorskis play in Sudbury let these snug roots play in Minnesota let these guys develop and in a year or two we're going to see those guys and then you're going to have a 27 28 year old Kairou and Thomas who've probably hit their stride and you know maybe a Perinovich so on and so forth so to me that's where his thinking is. Could he have made the team a lot better and more competitive and they'd be leading the Central Division right now? He could have. He probably could have. But that's not where they're at right now, and I think that when people kind of pay attention to the long game, uh, I think that's what uh, they're going to see is what he's seeing right now. And that, that doesn't mean every decision goes right or every you're going to agree with every decision. It's just that's the path they're taking. And then with Cairo. Um, You know, I I wrote it the other day at The Athletic. I still think he's got the ability to make a huge impact in this league and be that type of player. There's still some lapses. There's still some holes. I know the coaches are preaching it to him, and and, and I do think hopefully that one day um, it'll sink in with him. But that said, I think he's made strides defensively this year. Some people are going to disagree with that. And I think in the end he's going to be a better player for what he's going through and in the meantime, the goals just aren't going in for him.
0: Jr., what, what are you working on at The Athletic?
1: Well, I think I might have touched on it with you guys uh, last week, but it's uh, actually coming out tomorrow. It'll be at The Athletic. I shadowed Craig Ruby last week in Arizona from 7.30 in the morning, our first meeting out in the lobby of the Omni Hotel. Uh, met him at the rink on several occasions. Interviewed him basically about every hour and just talked about what he goes through on game day. So the story is called A Day in the Life of an NHL Coach following Craig Bruby around, and it'll be up at The Athletic tomorrow. Nice. That'd be yeah, great.
2: JR is on the road, and he was bugging Chief. I mean, my goodness. <laughs> no, Chief was awesome with JR. He always is. and You know this, Anthony. He's always so great. So I can imagine this is going to be an awesome piece, JR.
1: Yeah, fun one. Uh, some nuggets in there about uh, what he does throughout the day. And, of course, uh, he, he met some relatives. That's kind of one of the perks on the job that uh, – you go out of town and you run into some folks that you haven't seen in a while. So he did that on this trip. And, you know, I'll tease you on this one. Uh, how many times does Chief eat in a day on game day? And how many cups of coffee does he drink? You'll find that out tomorrow on the story. Oh, nice. All right. we
0: will talk to Chief uh, about less than an hour, 4 30. He'll join us. JR, we'll, we look forward to that uh, piece on Chief coming out tomorrow. And we'll talk to you again next week. Thanks, boys. All right. That's Jeremy Rutherford of The Athletic at JP Rutherford.